coming up today on Podcast 1950. BYD emerges as a global force in pure EV sales. We take a look at the interior of the Volvo EM90 ahead of its reveal. And Leap Motor will enter Europe with budget models. Plus, stay tuned because later in the show, I'll tell you which Japanese car maker is the latest to adopt the Tesla Nax plug. But first, battery-powered cars in California. And how popular are they? Well, they take 20% of California's sales. Pure EVs representing one in five vehicle sales in California. Recent registration statistics reveal from January to September of this year, EVs, Pure EVs, made up 21.5% of total car sales in the States. And that rate has seen a surge doubling in just the past two years. And from somewhere warm to somewhere a little bit cooler, and that would be Sweden, where EVs are dominating the October sales. Last month, in October, plug-ins were 60.6% of car sales in Sweden. And yes, yes, this isn't the world's biggest car market. I know that. None of the Nordic countries are, but they're so far ahead of others. We can always learn lessons from these countries. EV sales increased by 14% during the periods where the Volkswagen ID4 emerged as the top-selling EV for October. There was a modest rise in in plug-in hybrid sales volume at 7% year-on-year, lagging behind the broader auto market's growth primarily driven by pure battery electric cars. Well, the VW ID4 emerged as the top-selling EV for October. There was a rise in plug-in hybrids, as I say, uh, but otherwise the Model Y, which would normally be number one, wasn't there. VW ID4 took the limelight with 994 units. Interesting that the Model Y, being made in Berlin doesn't always smooth out that seesaw effect that we've seen in so many car markets with the cars coming from China, depending on when the ships arrive and the imports as well. Now let's talk one of our headline stories today and BYD. Record sales for them closing the gap with Tesla in terms of pure EV sales. Last month in October, BYD sold 301,095 full electric and plug-in hybrids. They call them new energy vehicles in China. And that is a 38% year-on-year Increase now. BYD's full electric car sales for the month of October were 165,505. If and if BYD were to maintain an average sale rate of about 158,000 over the three month period we're in right now, they would have a good chance of beating Tesla's quarterly sales, impacting Tesla's 1.8 million annual sales and therefore the global leader in pure EVs. Now, BYD is on its path to achieve annual sales goals of 3 million plug-in hybrids and EVs, with the October numbers pushing that year-to-date figure to 2.37 million vehicles sold with a plug socket on the side. BYD indicating a pricing strategy shift as well with price reductions for some models, including their best-selling ones from the month of November. I also told you recently about their record third quarter profit of $1.4 billion or 10.4 billion yuan, surpassing expectations. Worth remembering, I always think, that the average transaction price of BYD, which by the way, I don't know the exact number, is bound to be far lower than that of Tesla. So volumes are one thing, but Tesla obviously sell higher priced vehicles. Now, if you want to get your daily dose of EV news daily in podcast form, 
For the audio show, if you're watching us on YouTube, then just point your podcast player at EV News Daily. Subscribe and you get it every day in your feed. So whether you're out and about with your headphones in, at the gym, walking the dog, you can get this version in your ears. And if you want to watch the YouTube version, which, yes, we're going to try and do more regularly uh, than we have been, then that's great as well. Now let's talk Volvo teasing the EM90, their minivan and their luxury interior ahead of its launch. Volvo unveiling a sneak peek of the EM90's interior, which they have coined the Scandinavian Living Room. Now, a while back, the exterior design of the Volvo EM90 was leaked online. The design bears a striking resemblance to the Zika 009, both vehicles sharing design elements, the upcoming minivan from Volvo built on the same Geely SEA platform, and the same foundation, by the way, as the Polestar 4. Volvo's minivan will be powered by a 272-horsepower rear motor, four-wheel-drive version, bound to be probable, isn't it? It's a Volvo. Zika's version, the Zika 009, has two options on the battery pack, 116 kilowatt-hour for 436 miles or 700 kilometres, that is on the CLTC, or a bigger battery of 140 kilowatt-hours for 510 miles or 822 kilometres. Now, Volvo says the EM90 has the roomiest and most adaptable interior they've ever made. With a luxurious six-seat arrangement, of course, this will be used for taking people to yeah, hotel runs, airport runs, big families and things like that. But they say that everyone gets their own space and comfort, uh, that each of the rear seats, not the third row, but the second row seats, are massaging, have personal heating and ventilation. They have integrated tables and cup holders, and it also showcases their zero-gravity cushions. Those That second-row seat seem to almost lay down to almost a flat bed, like a you know, first-class airline seat or something. The M90 scheduled for its official official unveiling on November the 12th, and on that same day they'll do pre-orders for at least for the Chinese buyers. When can you and I get this vehicle? Dates in Europe and the US? Not that I've seen any announced yet. All right, next up, we'll talk Tesla and the US Department of Treasury and the IRS just started registering car dealers for their energy credits online portal. And of course, Tesla is among them as well, even though they sell direct. This portal is dedicated to the EV point of sale rebates. Now, starting on January the 1st, consumers in the US can redirect their $7,500 clean vehicle credit to the dealer. The online platform aims to revolutionise how car dealers handle these tax credits. Dealers can register sales details of a qualifying vehicle online the moment the deal is done, making verification of the consumer tax credit eligibility of $7,500 more efficient. It's outlined in the Internal Revenue Code Section 30D. And this all-digital system is designed to speed up the dealer payment system and embed the programme into the dealer registration and sales process. And that's important because as a buyer, if you're one of my US viewers or listeners, you want to walk into a dealership, that's $7,500 off transferred from you to them. You haven't got to wait for next year's taxes. But also the research indicating that that is going to go down really well with consumers, a point of sale rebate, and they're more likely to go and buy more electric vehicles from January the 1st compared to mucking around with your standard tax returns. A lot of dealers that I've spoken to have been really worried about this because dealers are typically stock rich and cash poor. They don't have millions of dollars in the bank account sitting around waiting to do something with dealers if they tend to have cash, spend it on stock to sell to you. And so they don't want to be left waiting weeks or months with this money in limbo with them out of pocket. They simply can't afford that because if they have a tax bill, they've got to run payroll every two weeks or a month. 
and it's going to affect cash flow. IRS says it will be a 72-hour window from when they put that in uh, and submit it to when they receive the funds. Now, Mike Stanton of the Dealers Association, the National Dealers Association president and CEO there, said, and I quote, it's a significant and positive step forward to enable dealers to offer clean vehicle tax credits to consumers at the point of sale, end quote. He also stressed the commitment of auto dealers, truck dealers to gear up for electrification and champion the uptake of zero emission vehicles. Link in the show notes if you would like to find out more about how that affects you. And if you'd like to get this podcast ad-free, by the way, that's one of the perks that our Patreon supporters get. And it's the Patreon supporters that pay my wages these days because this is all I do to pay the bills. And I love doing this job to spread the word about EVs. But if you can help out, be one of the legends of Patreon, uh, then go to patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. One of the perks, an ad-free feed to put into your podcast players RSS feed. All right, let's talk Volkswagen deciding against establishing additional European gigafactories for EV batteries. The CEO, Oliver Bloom, citing the slowdown in the EV market in Europe as the primary reason for not pursuing more gigafactories in the region. Despite the Czech Republic's offer, Bloom mentioned that there's no commercial incentive to select another European city to make batteries in. Volkswagen and their division PowerCo have already got their three locations for battery cell production in Germany, Valencia in Spain, and in uh, St. Thomas in Canada, and they say that's all they need for now. The combined production capacity of those three is 200 gigawatt hours annually. Uh, Czech Republic proposed a site located in the western part of the country for Volkswagen, uh, which eventually was turned down. Now, electromobility investments are vital for the Czech Republic since the automotive sector is really big there. It's about 10% of the nation's GDP, and they directly provide jobs for about 180,000 individuals there. Now let's talk about a new brand to enter Europe, and that is Stellantis's Leap Motor budget brand. Uh, Stellantis announced their intention to unveil affordable EVs through Leap Motor by the end of the upcoming year next year. This collaboration comes on the heels of Stellantis acquiring a stake in the Chinese EV maker Leap Motor. They now offer an additional brand, they say. Uh, the CFO, Natalie Knight, talking on yesterday's earnings call as Leap Motor being the 15th brand of Stellantis under their un umbrella. New joint venture registered in the Netherlands. It's called Leap Motor International, and they'll be dedicated to distributing Leap Motors models outside of China. Now, we've got all the details on this. The joint venture opens up the possibility of making those Leap Motor vehicles here in Europe, and that could be crucial if the European Union put high tariffs on imported cars from China. The company also registered a 37% increase in global BEV sales during the third quarter. Stellantis doing really well with pure BEV sales at the moment. A surge credited to models like the Jeep Avenger, uh, their new battery electric vehicle, and the Citroën e Bolingo, on track to exceed 300,000 global pure EV sales this year. Now, here in Europe, Stellantis is outselling the likes of Tesla, while Tesla slipped to third spot in the last quarter. VW Group maintains their leadership position, but of course, lots of brands underneath that VW Group. In preparation for the future, Stellantis say they're going to introduce the low-priced Citroën EC3, 44 kilowatt hour battery, 320 kilometers of range, price around €20,000. Stellantis also opened up their recent state-of-the-art battery technology center in the Mia Fiori complex in Turin in Italy. All right, next up, and let's have a look at what they are calling the world's largest EV charging station. 
I have a question about that. Uh, it's a massive charging park inaugurated at the Park and Ride Platz at the McLingen Railway Station in Germany. This facility can accommodate and charge 259 electric vehicles simultaneously, they say. A capacity touted as in this article, which, yes, it's in German uh, from swr.de, and I have put through Google Translate, I think it means the world's largest EV charging station. But I do have a question mark about that. Now, power for the charging station is sourced from a solar panel setup built like a huge carport over the parking spaces with any excess electricity going back into the grid. And this seems like a fantastic thing where local residents can park up at the train station, charge their EV while they commute into Ulm or Stuttgart on the railway line. The EV charging park project costing over 5 million euros funded with state grants. But what about that claim of being the world's biggest EV charging station? Well, I'm sure I've seen over the years these pictures from China where just whole car parks are carpeted with AC, you know, slow AC charging or even just you know, three, the effective of a three-pin plug that we have here, uh, just to really slow charge an EV. So again, sometimes the, I've seen loads of headlines over the years of the world's biggest charging. Sometimes that is the most power, the biggest grid connection, physically the largest site. Um, and of course, in Germany, in Berlin, Tesla are putting chargers into the car park there for the staff, like 600 or so of them. So when that opens, that will easily be bigger than this. But either way, let's not uh, do this any disservice. This is great. Loads of solar. I would presume some battery storage as well. And for now, this is the whole car park of the train station, which of course is going to be filled up with ice cars because people will turn up in their combustion cars and park under the canopy. But that's okay because there'll be spaces. Uh, and there really will be because you can't, you know, you can see some spaces outside, not under the canopy that haven't got chargers. Uh, and you would hope that perhaps the, uh, you know, the combustion cars would park there out of consideration. But there's no way that this is going to be full of EVs. But that's kind of what we want, isn't it, from future infrastructure to have that excess capacity now. So it's future proof. This is great news. Well, a couple more stories before we go today. Subaru is the latest to sign up to the North American charging standard. The Japanese company, closely linked with their big investor, Toyota, has now said that they will roll out the NACS connector on future Subarus from 2025. And those on the road right now get an adapter to access the 15,000 Tesla superchargers spread throughout North America. And I thought that was interesting because the number was 12,000 recently until Ford came out and said it was going to be 15,000. So obviously, it's a thing Tesla's end where they just managed to connect, I don't know, or do something with that other 3,000 V3s. And now all the car makers are able to say, hey, it's not 12, it's 15,000 Tesla superchargers that will work with not only NACs, but also the connectors from next year. It's so low down in the running order of this podcast today, because let's face it, they have one car on sale and uh, the Solterra, and it's not selling very well. So it's great news. All the car makers will have to go to Nax. We're still waiting for the likes of VW to make their announcement, aren't we? Well, some great news here for commercial heavy-duty and medium-duty trucking, and that is Freightliner kicking off serial production of their EM2 battery electric truck at Daimler's Trucks North American plant located in Portland, Oregon. The EM2 is tailored for pickup and delivery rolls. Two configurations possible, either a 194-kilowatt-hour battery with 180 miles on a full charge or a Class 7 dual motor uh, with a 291-kilowatt-hour battery. That's huge. And two 250 miles of range on one charge. They've done 1.5 million miles of 
testing before these vehicles were released. Well, that's our podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow and remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.